0: Thank you for downloading this message from Pastor Ryan today. We believe you will be encouraged and challenged by this message. He is going to empower us. If you have your Bible this morning, I want you to lift it up high. And we're going to say this together. I want you to repeat it after me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today I will be taught the Word of God. I will fill my mind with the Word of God. And I will do the Word of God in my daily life with your help, O Lord. I make the decision today to not just be a weekend warrior. But to be a sold-out militant warrior in your service every day, twenty-four-seven, until you send Jesus back to take me home. In Jesus' name, Amen. This morning, the the title of this. This message, if we were to title it, would be Weary and Wounded Soldiers. As I began to prepare for this particular service, God started telling me in my spirit that we are worn down, that there's many of us that feel depleted. We feel like that we are exhausted, that we're weary, that we're physically or mentally exhausted. And it can be through work, exertion, strain, stress, fatigue, and weariness. We might be tired. We've hung on to a dream. We've hung on to a promise for so long that we've become bored, impatient, or dissatisfied. Sometimes we feel like this journey, this Christian journey that we're on is tedious. It's long and it's tiresome. This morning we're going to talk about how that we can overcome When we become weary and wounded, we can be victorious in spite of that. And I'm going to give you lots of Scripture this morning. I'm going to make up for Pastor Ryan not getting around to the full text when he gets involved and the Spirit gets to moving on him. You'll find I am more a teacher And um, he always, he'll say, you're going to preach. I said, no, wait a minute. I'm a teacher. And I said, when God wants me to be a preacher, I'll know it. (laughs) So this morning, I'm going to give you a lot of word. Um, We're going to start in Luke chapter 9, verse 23, if you'll follow me there. Luke chapter 9, verse 23, we're going to begin reading there. Then he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, Let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whosoever loses his life for my sake... Will save it for what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and his and, his, and is himself destroyed or lost and that 's what i 'm saying this morning. We are called to be world changers right where he 's put us sometimes we we might question, Lord, why am I here? Why am I going through this? Why have you geographically located me here? But God has a plan and He has a purpose. And if we believe the entire Word of God, he know, we know that He said that He orders the steps of a righteous man. And so if we hang on to that in moments that we get discouraged, we can rest assured that He has us exactly where He wants us to be. In Second Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, he gives us as soldiers, and we're going to talk about being a soldier this morning. Second Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. This is where He gives us as soldiers in His army our marching orders. And we're going to read this together this morning if you'll follow along with me. It says, You, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses. Commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. So you know what that's saying to us? We are going to face some hard times there's going to be suffering. There's going to be trials. There's going to be loss. And we've got to get on our armor so that we're strong when the battle comes. We can't wait until we're engaged in battle in order for us to be prepared for the battle. We must do that before the battle begins. And we must stay on guard all the time. It's not just fight. We sometimes have to rest, but it's not fight and then let our guard down. We have to continuously keep that guard up because we know that in John ten ten it says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So we know if we are being attacked, and if it's in any one of those ways, if we're tr- if, if we know that we're being tried to to have our things stolen from us, whether it be material, it can be um, spiritual, it can be emotional, mentally, if we know that something is, is coming against us to steal something from us, we can rest assured that that's the work of the enemy. That's the devil. If we are sick in our body, if we've got a, a, a diagnosis from the doctor that says that we only have a short period of time to live, we know that the enemy is coming to take our life. He's coming to kill us. And it can also, like I said, it can be in an emotional or spiritual way. You know, Adam and Eve, they did not physically die when they, were, um, when they sinned in the Garden of Eden. They actually died a spiritual death. And it can be in our spirits that we're being, we're being killed. Also, anything that comes to us to, to destroy us, to push us down, that's also a work of the enemy, of the devil. And we can rest assured that he is out to get. We were talking about it just this week. We had a conversation at work, and I am so thankful I'm in a government office that I can still speak about my Jesus. And I am not taking that lightly. I don't take it for granted. It's wonderful. And I don't know that I've ever had the freedom to speak of him like I am now. And it's just wonderful. But it opens up many discussions and, uh, you know, asking me what, what my belief is and, you know, so forth. But we were talking about if the enemy can destroy our families. He starts there because it doesn't just affect the mother and the dad. It affects the children. It affects the grandchildren and it continues to affect all the way down that generation, generation after generation. And so we realize this morning that the enemy doesn't want anything whole. He doesn't want anything healed He wants to come and take things from us. He wants to come and destroy. He wants to come and do His work. And we've got to recognize His tactics this morning and realize that we are in an all-out army or an all-out warfare, and we are in an army that is engaging in battle, and we can fight against Him, and we can win. You know, the Word of God says that He has already, already won the victory. And if we are in him, we have the same we have the same gear and we can we are actually equipped. He's given us everything we need to fight against our enemy. I'm going to talk about three of our what I call our patriarchs or pilgrims of the word of God. And we're going to talk about some of the things that they overcame. And that's what we're here to say this morning. We may feel like that we're a weary or wounded warrior when we started this message this morning, but I believe by the Spirit of God that He's going to give you more courage, more tactics, and more ways to engage in a victorious war before you leave here this morning. Moses, he refused the pleasures of sin while he was in Egypt. Remember, he wouldn't have any part to do with the idolatry of the land. He refused the pleasure of sin in Egypt, and he chose affliction with the people of God instead of being comfortable. He overcame the love of pleasure. Now, what are some of the things that you need to overcome this morning so that you can be a world changer? Daniel, he refused to give up praying. Remember, he was in that lion's den, and he refused to give up praying and he knew that even if his God didn't come through, it wasn't going to change him one bit. He was going to keep right on believing in his God. But he refused to give up praying, even though he knew the den of lions was prepared for him. But he overcame the fear of death. Matthew, when he was accepted to become a disciple and leave everything behind, he overcame the love of money. Now those are just Three things this morning that the patriarchs of old have shown us in His Word that we can overcome. We can overcome the love of pleasure, the fear of death, and the love of money. And those are just three of many things that we can overcome in our daily life. And why does He give us the Word? It's examples to let us know that those who have gone before us have made it through. And we can too. Thank the Lord for that. We must do the same as these pilgrims of old. Those who have gone before us—they fought, they struggled, they wrestled, but they fought, fought the, the fight of, of good. They fought the fight of good faith. In First Timothy, verses six and twelve. If you'll follow me there, First Timothy six, verse twelve. That's where it says fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So we must fight. We must engage in this warfare. We cannot be passive. We know we're starting to get towards the end of the last days. I sang right a little song that we used to sing in the old church and some of you may know it and I'm I'm not going to sing it for you this morning. Um, save your ears, but um, I I remembered this song and and we we grew up with it and it was Redemption draweth nigh and it said there's signs of the times everywhere and there's a brand new feeling in the air. Have any of you felt that there is something going on in 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 the spirit and and there's a lot of uh, unrest. Um, you know, And we're, as children of God, we're taught that he's given us peace, love, and joy and a sound mind. So when we start hearing of these things, we need to re- remember that that is not the mindset that he wants us to have as warriors. He wants us to think on the things that are pure, the things that are lovely, the things of good report. I'm almost to the point now I want to put my blinders on and not even watch the news. Because I'm like, you know what? I think it has always been bad, but I know that it's escalating because we can see that the Bible is being fulfilled. He said there will be wars and there will be rumors of wars. And we're seeing that and we're seeing all that's going on in Israel. We're seeing, um, you know, and I, I really believe we've we've been taught this all of our lives, that, you know, that God is, Jesus is coming soon. That's another old song that we used to sing in the old church and if Jesus was coming soon, 50, 60, 100 years ago, we, even with a carnal mind, know that his coming is soon. And we need to realize that what we do today makes a difference. And we must be engaged in warfare so that we will be prepared. I told the girls in our luau back in when we had that last month, You know, I think about it sometimes, and and I've thought about it all through the years because I was blessed to be raised in a Pentecostal Christian home where I was taught the Word of God. And we were always taught at the end of times that they might take our Bibles away from us. Let's just think just for a moment. This is a reality check. What if every one of your Bibles, somebody came into your home, and they ransacked your home, and the only thing they took from your home was your Bibles? Do you have enough Word in your heart to make it through the end times? I think that is a very real question that we need to challenge ourselves with because we need to have the Word of God so engrafted in our hearts that when we're asked a question or when the, the enemy comes to us, that we automatically have a scripture that we can just we can just speak it back to him. When he speaks a lot to us, then we come back. What does a good good warrior do? He retaliates. He doesn't just stand there and let the enemy shoot him. He actually has something to engage in warfare with and that's what we need to remember that the word of God penetrates the evil and we need to either rule sin or or we can serve sin. We only have two choices. And you know, if you're straddling the fence this morning, and I would not plan to go here, but I'd ask the Lord right before I came out of that room over there this morning, that if He wanted me to go in a different direction this morning, I was prepared with what He had given me. But I want to say this morning, if you're straddling the fence, this is not the day and hour to play church. And I'm not just talking about church as a building. I'm talking about your relationship with Jesus. And let's just call it what it is. You can't have one foot in the world and one foot in, in the spiritual things. You've got to decide. You've got to make a, make a decision. We're going to have to stand. We're going to have to tell the world who we're standing for. And we're going to need to know why we're standing for Jesus and why we're on that side. If we don't know, then in the last days we're going to be weak. And we're not going to be able to stand what we're going to be going through. Now, I do believe that Jesus will come back and He'll take us out of here and we'll be raptured and we'll go back to heaven with Him. I believe that to the very inside of who I am. But I know that there's going to be some things that we witness and some things that we go through. And that's why we need to get our our armor on. And we need to be very strong warriors. Now, I'm going to talk to you about developing a warrior's heart. These are eight points, and they're very short, so they're very easy for you to remember if you want to take notes or you just want to listen. But these are eight points to developing a warrior's heart. Number one, we've already touched on it, read the Word. We must read the Word first. There's no way we're going to know the Word unless we read it, unless we see it with our eyes, unless we speak it with our lips. We must hear the Word of God. Every day you need to hear the Word of God in some way, whether it be through a CD, a book, a Bible, um, a worship song. You need to hear the Word of God. You need to pray the Word of God. You need to speak it out of your mouth. You need to speak it loud so that your ears can hear what you're praying and so that the enemy knows that you are on guard meditate on scriptures and hymns. You say, What do you mean meditate? We talk about all this yoga stuff that's going on. Meditation and all the things that they, that they do do with all of that. But I'm talking about meditating on scripture in hymns. That means put it inside. Put it down deep inside. Maybe take a scripture every morning and read that scripture and chew on the word of God all day long and become very strong in in your scripture life so that you memorize scriptures. When we were in Sunday school and kids church and Bible school and we would we would get rewarded when we would memorize a verse. What's happened to that as adults? Why can't we take a scripture every day or even every week, maybe put it on the refrigerator and let that be something that our family has to memorize for that week? What better way for us to teach our family the Word of God than to memorize it together? We must always continuously examine ourselves. We must have self-examination. You know, we may think some days, that we've got it all together and we've arrived, but I can guarantee you, if we start examining and picking ourselves apart as much as we do everybody else, we'll see some areas of our life that we need to. Um, let's see what the word, what the words is. I want to say we need to up the ante. We need to step up and we need to get more strong in, in the things that we believe. And our, and our character is what we do when nobody else sees us. You know, you might think you might put on a pretty front. Do you know why a lot of soldiers drop out of the war? They like to be up front and they like to strut around in their pretty uniforms. Now, I've asked myself a lot of questions because I've been in church all my life. And we've been in pastoral ministry for over 20 years. And I've often wondered why people just drop out of church. And this week, I believe the Lord answered that question. So when the warfare starts getting really intense, you see who the true warriors are. You know if they just want to be on the front line to look pretty. Or when things start getting tough, they drop out because they, they're not ready and they're not prepared to fight. But we must examine ourselves. And then this is a thing that we don't hear a whole lot of in church anymore, but we need to keep the Lord's day set aside and holy. I was reminded when I started working at, at the office that I'm at, we've got one of our young girls that has a small daughter that is in softball. And we were talking about how that used to, you didn't play ball on Sunday. And Sunday has just become just another day. And I hear it all the time. Well, Sunday is my only day for my family. What better place to have your family than in the house of God, spending time with them there, letting them learn how to engage in warfare from day to day so that they can become strong warriors for God. There's no better place. I am proof of it. This morning... I was blessed to have my two sons come in and pray so that I would feel the bond and the strength to come to this pulpit this morning. And there's nothing like having your family standing with you. I've said that to Carol many times. There's no greater joy than watching your children serve and use the gifts that God has put into their lives. It's a wonderful feeling, not only for a mom, but anybody that has family your brothers, your sisters, your children, your husbands, and your wives. It is a wonderful, wonderful fulfillment that you cannot explain. So we need to keep the Lord's day set aside and holy. And this one goes along with it because I call this sanctification. We need to remember that we must have holy conversation. Holy conversation. There's a scripture in the Bible that says that bitter and sweet can't flow out of the same cistern. That means that... We need to keep ourselves, and that goes under self-examination. What are we speaking? Are we laughing at jokes at work that are shady? just to fit in and not feel like that we're not, you know, a part of things? Um, are we letting little curse words come out when we get mad? Um, it's not just, you know, we hurt our witness. We really do. You know, you say, well, there's nothing wrong with this. I can do this and go to heaven. But how many people might you discourage and not win to the Lord because you are not following up with your convictions? Are you using peer, allowing peer pressure? Yeah, you, we can put the peer pressure on all, on the teenagers all day long, but I'm taking it off this morning. Yeah, they deal with it and they deal with it at a high level. Parents, we have peer pressure. I heard last night my kids we were we were riding across, and I say my kids, but it's my 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 sons and my daughter. (laughs) I shouldn't say kids anymore because they're adults now. (laughs) But I've got to change that. But we were talking about last night how that a parent had felt real pressure for his 14-year-old daughter to make her birthday just right and then found her upstairs crying because she was disappointed. And I mean, I'm talking about this father lavished that daughter. And then he's saying, well, maybe I'm not at the level that I need to be as a parent. What's wrong with us, people? What level are we trying to beat? You know, we are not here to serve the world. We're here to serve our God. And let's keep keep our going back. We need to keep ourselves examined. Don't fall to the peer pressure of this world. And then number seven was holy conversation. Number eight, we must be victorious. We must fight and overcome. We must conquer. We must meet the enemy head on. We must not back down. We must be the one that says, come on, devil, if you really want to, bring it on. And we must fight until we overcome. I remember my grandma Oh, she was such a praying woman. And there were so many things I learned from her. I was blessed to have her even up until about 10 years into our ministry. And there were things I would call my grandma and I would ask her about being a pastor's wife because she was my model. She was my role model. And I remember we would go down to their little cabin. You know, what are we living for? You say, me and Ryan got to a place about 10 years ago. We got we said, there's got to be more than living the american dream buying nice cars and having a home and you know what they call the stereotype american dream but when you get all that that doesn't fulfill you because those are external things we still have that inner place in our heart that has that place for jesus and if we're trying to fill it all up with other stuff there's no place for jesus to dwell and so we started really seeking the Lord about some things, and and I remember with, when we would really get to a place to where that you know we really needed some support and some reinforcement, we would go down to Grandma and Granddaddy's little cabin. They had a little. It started out being a little one bedroom cabin on the Church of God campground in Doraville, Georgia. He built on a little another little bedroom and. You know, they didn't have much when they passed away in the material things, but i tell you what, spiritually, the treasures that they laid up in heaven, there's no telling how many people they got up there and said, you don't remember me, but you were the ones that changed my life. And, you know, if I can just be a tenth of what my grandma was, I would be so happy, but I just remember going into her little cabin, and they would kneel down. We'd have a need, and they would—they wouldn't wait. They would—they would kneel down right then, right there at their little chair and their couch. And Grandma'd say, "We're gonna pray till we pray through." Now, what happened to that spirit in the church? Do we even anymore get on our knees to pray? And I'm not saying that's the only way we can get the prayers of God answered, but I'm saying where's that gone? We're in such a fast pace, such a hurry, that we don't even take time to pray our prayers through. How far reckon they really get to heaven? You know, there's so many things in this world to distract us, and we need to remember that we need to be in a place when we're in, in a warfare, war, before we engage in it. That we have that channel to heaven, that all we've got to do is say, Help. If we've got to pray and ask Jesus to forgive us for this long list of laundry list of sins before we can get it through, we might be past the point of help. You know, we just need to remember that we need to be sensitive because there's so many things that can creep into our lives and can push Him out. And before we know it, we're away from Him and we're far away and we're cold and we're empty we're straddling the fence. And we can't engage in warfare because we're in such a shape. We need somebody to ch- to fight for us. I want to be on the front line. Yeah, it's bloody. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. But guys, if we don't do it, who's going to do it? We will never be discharged from spiritual battles as long as we live. We're gonna we're gonna fight. Now there'll be times. Thank the Lord for the mountaintop experiences where we have we have time and we have have seasons of rest, and those are wonderful times. But even at that, just like I said at the beginning of the message, please don't let your guard down because that's when the enemy will come in like a lion and he will try to destroy you because don't think he doesn't know where your weak areas are in your life. The enemy knows and he doesn't doesn't play fair. I heard somebody say that pit bulls have a really bad name. Yeah, they have a fight instinct in them. They want to fight, but they said if you put a muzzle on a pit bull and another dog comes up to attack him, he's still going to fight even though he's muzzled. He'll fight till he dies. Now, do we have that tenacious spirit that if somebody muzzled us, we would still fight to the point of death? We just need to ask ourselves some questions this morning, examine our spirits, examine our souls this morning, and see if we're walking as close to God as we need to so that we can be strong in these last days. I have here six more points, and then we'll get to the end. It's secrets to our victory. We just went through the points to develop a warrior's heart. Now we're going to talk about the secret to our victory The first one, and I'm going to give you the scripture references, so if you want to look them up later, you can. The first one is keep our eyes on Jesus. We must keep our focus and our gaze upon Him. I remember one day riding down the road, and it was here in Cherokee County. And I remember I was riding down the road one day, and I was like, looked over, I mean way, it had to be like a mile away. And I looked over in the distance, and there was this house I'd never seen before. And it was like, God said, you're always looking in the same direction. You've never seen that area before. There's other things that are in your gaze, but you're just looking in the distance. So we need to keep our gaze and our focus on God. We don't need to be distracted. Hebrews 12 and 2 tells us to keep our eyes focused on Jesus. And then the second secret to our victory is to overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. That's found in Revelation 12 and 11. Sometimes we're tempted to say it's no use because the more faithful we become as Christians, the devil will put more obstacles. He'll put rejection. He'll put hardships in our way. But it is worth it. And we sing a song in the church These days, it's not in one of the old songs I was in reference to, but it talks about it'll be worth it all. It's going to be worth it all, and it will be. If we could talk to Moses and we could talk to the patriarchs that I mentioned earlier of old, they would tell us that it was worth fighting for, that it's worth it. And then our third secret to our victory is do not be entangled in the affairs of everyday life. And that one is found in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. And I'm going to go ahead and read that one because I've got that one highlighted and it must have been an important part. You, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and the things that you have heard. Those, that's the one we read earlier. Then it goes on in verse 4 to say, No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who was enlisted, him as a soldier. And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. Now, We have the rule book laid out for us. We have no excuse. We said it at the beginning that we're going to do what he tells us to do. And we're going to be a warrior. Not a weekend warrior. Not a National Guard enlisting. Bree can relate to this because she knows her brother Daniel. He's been enlisted in National Guard and just had to go off for a three-week deployment. Um, But... Instead of going like every month and doing your National Guard service, which is wonderful, and I thank God for all of our servicemen, whether they're in National Guard or active or if they're veterans, thank you. If you're in here this morning, have served. But we can't just be a weekend warrior. We have to be enlisted in a daily, 24-7 battle because we are in an all-out war and then it says in James 4, 7, our fourth secret to our victory is resist the devil. And I love this verse. And I've used it so many times. When the enemy would come to sift me, to tear me, to destroy me, I would tell that devil, I resist you in the name of Jesus. I resist you and you have to flee. You're not going to flee tomorrow. You're not going to flee next month. You're going re- you're, you're to flee right now. And that's found in James 4 and 7. And then the fifth secret to our victory is that when temptation comes, he has already made a way of escape. It's up to us to choose that. You know, we need to start looking for the escape route instead of, you know, just going along with the crowd, the peer pressure, the temptations that we face from day to day, the temptation to be discouraged. I mean, that's a temptation. We can choose not to be discouraged. He says that he has already made a way of escape, and that verse is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. And remember, the last one, the secret to our victory is, we are more than conquerors. Romans 8 and 37 says that. And then the final mark of a good soldier is the plea, to please the one that has enlisted us as his soldier. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. He seeks our loyal service in his army. And let's all go, if you've got your Bible, I'd like for you to follow me with it, to this verse because this is the verse that we're going to end on. It's found in Matthew 25. In verse 21, and I was reminded while you're turning there this week that it's not the ones that start the race. It's the ones that finish the race that win. And I heard too this week that it's not only a sprint, but it's a marathon. We have to pace ourselves. If we start out running and we lose our spiritual energy, then what's the chances that we're going to poop out not make it to the end? It's a good chance that we're not going to make it. So let's read together Matthew 25 and 21. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. How many of us want to hear Jesus say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's what the words are that we're looking for. And I know that we've got men and women, boys and girls here this morning. You know, we're not here by happenstance. We're here because God called us, because he's chosen us. What a great privilege to serve in the army of the Lord, especially in the day and hour that we live in. These are days that our grandparents and our great-grandparents spoke of these patriarchs of old wrote about in the Word of God, we're going to see the Scriptures fulfilled in our generation and the the generations that follow us. And it's important to us how we engage in warfare because we're on the front line now and it'll be our children on the front line later. And we're going to have to also not only stand and engage in warfare for ourselves, but we need to be examples for our children and our uh, those that are coming behind us, if we wimp out, then what's the chance they're going to stand up and fight? It's not a very good chance, and we can't afford to do that. We hope you enjoyed the message today. Please visit www.FiveStonesChurch.info for more messages and media resources.